0: Get the Balance Right, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs and agency owners looking to grow their business in a healthy, sustainable way. I'm Heather Zaitzwolf, CPA. I serve this community with coaching, profit advising, and virtual CFO services. Please join me as I talk with leaders in digital media, branding, advertising, design, marketing, and SEO. Hey there, welcome to my podcast. This is Heather. My guest today is Nicole Choman, the CEO of Oak Wave, a marketing strategy shop out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Nicole has been in marketing strategies for 20 years, and for 15 of those, she spent specializing in B2B. Oak Wave prides themselves on offering the only objective marketing strategy available, simply because there's no carrot on a stick or incentive to sell execution services. According to Nicole, strategy is a bit of a misnomer in today's market, because everyone seems to claim they're a strategist. However, few are actually good at it. Nicole defines strategy as the actionable route to get you from where you are to where you want to be, and OakWave strategies are the living embodiment of that definition. I think you're really going to enjoy this show today. Now, here's my conversation with Nicole. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you, I appreciate it. For people that are unaware of you or Oak Wave, can you just tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you got into working in market strategy? When I originally started my career, um, there was a lot of action
1: with little planning. Um, I- I kind of grew up in the birth of the internet, right? Um, So this was an era in which we built websites without really thinking about what they were going to do. It was me too technology. You know, we have to have a website because everybody else has one. Um, Similarly, uh, as Google um, launched their AdWords product, it became, a we have to advertise because that's where you advertise. And what I noticed over time was there was just this tremendous loss of revenue out the door um, because they're spending in the wrong area or they just have no reason behind what they're doing. So I fell in love with helping people find the reason why they're doing something. Um, So everything, you know, we recommend from a marketing standpoint, it's purpose driven uh, because I don't believe in me too technology or me too marketing. Um, It it should have a purpose and always keep the target market in mind. And that was a big market opportunity I've always seen. Um, So I built my team over time at another agency, and once that agency and I um, had a very amicable split, um, we went off into our own wing, which became Oak Wave.
0: Well, and explain to us, what does Oak Wave mean? So Oak Wave is interesting. Um, We believe in
1: the marriage of solid foundation and um, the innovation and creativity, right? So Oak is your rock solid foundation. That's the stone upon which your organization is built the foundation and then wave is about um, the new innovative creativity that brings uh, new markets to you or expands um, your available serviceable market Um, so we marry those two together um, solid analysis and outlandish creativity to bring realistic innovation Um, oak and wave (laughs)
0: That's cool. So 20 years in the business. Wow, that's a really long time. Um, I mean, how did you get into this in the beginning? Did you study marketing in college or advertising? How did did that just come about? So I actually started my career. uh, I've always been a nerd.
1: Uh, my my father sat me down when I was ten years old to format a computer at the dining room table. It took us about seventeen hours over two days, and um, that was the late eighties, I believe. <laughs> um, so, it it became a, a technology thing that I, I was helpless to fight technology. It was part of my life from a very young age. So, um, but I loved English. So in school, I studied English at first, but tech was still kind of my driver. You know, um, I, I messed around with websites on the side as that technology evolved a bit and that kind of thing. Um, and what I discovered over time was that marketing was really the marriage of communications and English, which I love, as well as technology. Um, it's that sweet spot that has to join them both together.
0: We, You know, we're in a, such a weird time right now with the whole COVID and the recession. And it's just a strange time. It seems like marketing is kind of, it's interesting to see like different commercials now. Like they have like people using Zoom within a commercial. And it's just a strange time, it seems like, for marketing. Do you see like any weird differences in how you're going to have to strategize now for for companies? So the biggest challenge for me, I'm probably
1: like ready to pull my hair out at this point um, because for a strategist to not be able to understand where the market's going to be in six months is a very challenging situation to be in. Um, I'm grateful that we are a lot further today than we were three months ago. Three months ago, it was utter chaos. I wasn't taking any clients at the time because I didn't know what was going to happen in a month. Um, let alone anything else. But now um, I think we've entered a little bit of a rebuilding period and that kind of thing and kind of recuperating from our losses. So yes, do I have to refine? Absolutely. But this is the kind of refinement I was looking for. I like to tell people um, I'm a wartime strategist and we are at war right now. Um, So it it fits kind of nicely. I, I work well with innovation and this is the time that we need to actually be innovative. We've been talking about it for five years, 10 years, or however long it's been a buzzword, but now, now it actually
0: matters. If you were to work with something like a restaurant that's had, you know, numerous challenges through this whole thing, what would you need to know about that type of a client to really have an uh, impactful strategy for them? To be honest with you, uh, any impactful strategy
1: has to be driven by the truth. And so if you so few organizations or clients are willing to just kind of spit that out there. But the honest, un, unshielded, unsugarcoated truth is the only thing that will actually get you to an effective strategy. So the first thing I would ask a small business owner or a restaurateur right now would be, so how bad is it? How long do we have? <laughs> you know, which is the tough question. Um, and then from there, it's okay. Where do you want to be? What do you utterly hate? And where do you actually want this? What do you want this to look like in five years? Um, Working out that vision statement is one of the hardest things I do with people because they discover either they don't know where they want to be in five years or, you know, it doesn't align with where they've been leading their organization. So if you're a restaurateur and you decide that in five years, you know, you want to have seven locations, but you've really been investing a lot in your single location, then chances are you haven't been thinking about long term.
0: So the strategies that you're doing, then you're not just thinking about the short term. You're actually looking at a long term plan for these people. Yes. Um, So they are a three year uh, roadmap. So I go out thirty six months from um,
1: the day of, you know, delivery um, to plan out that actionable course for three years.
0: So that must be challenging too. With not knowing like what the future is going to have, like not only COVID, but then what kind of technology like Instagram might be hot, but then it becomes like TikTok or whatever it is. Does your strategies implement like what platforms you're going to use or is that not part of what you design?
1: Uh, sure. So that channels are far less important um, from a marketing standpoint. right? I, I've been in marketing long enough to see the birth and death of so many channels. It's not even funny. Um, you know, like what's popular right now, uh, TikTok, for example, is insanely popular right now. It will most likely be dead in two years, like the way of Vine. You know, I uh, we, we cycle through these things constantly. Now, I will say that, um, I, I provide a 36 month roadmap, which does apply to channels as well. So, I recommend channels, but they're not set in stone because if the market changes, you have to adapt. Um, I can't give you a rock solid, unchangeable thing for 36 months, because that would be
0: be foolish as anything. When a client comes to you, does their budget kind of drive the type of strategy that you're going to give to them? I look at budget as my primary constraint.
1: Um, So if you come to me and you say, I have two and a half million dollars that I need to invest in my marketing over the next three years, I know what type of strategy I have to recommend to you. But if you come to me and say, I have $50,000 over the next three years that I need to invest in my marketing, that changes the scope a lot. For my deliverable, for my purposes, it doesn't change what I deliver, but it changes the contents therein. in, in that I'm not going to recommend to a $50,000 budget that you should run a Super Bowl commercial because it's just not going to work. Have
0: you ever recommended a Super Bowl commercial to anyone? <laughs> no, uh, I haven't because <laughs> I... I
1: have specialized in B2B for a while, which is eh, not really aligned with the Super Bowl market. Um,
0: but you know, here's hope one day. Yeah, that seems like the holy grail, I guess, of advertising, right? Hey there, this is Heather. Besides being a podcast host, I'm also a CPA and profit advisor. I help creative agencies grow in a sustainable manner. Right now, I'm offering a complimentary health care check of your business. So if you go down to the show notes, you'll see a link and you can sign up. All right. Now back to the show. With strategies, how do you measure how effective it is? And do you have kind of some examples of maybe how you've had to do this with clients? I have a a key point that I make to people um, as soon as I meet them uh, in
1: general, which is Um, Your revenue is my only KPI because I don't care about anything else. Nothing else matters at the end of the day is the amount of website traffic I bring you over the next three months, going to save your business. Is it going to keep you from going under? Is it going to keep you from having to fire an employee? No. The only thing that's going to change that is your revenue. Since all the strategies are growth, strategies then the revenue is the only thing that actually matters to us um, and notice I'm saying revenue not profits because I don't have any control over operations but I, I do have control over how much revenue you generate from a marketing standpoint so that that's really how we measure effectiveness as a strategy and I do that um, year over-year. So just measure, say, March's revenue over last March's um, in order to measure the effectiveness of a strategy we just implemented.
0: If you're doing the strategy, but somebody else is implementing that, uh, it seems like then you're kind of giving the control over to somebody else to execute that, is to sometimes get lost in translation where – you had a really great strategy, but somehow it just didn't get executed correctly. Uh,
1: I'm going to call it a a profit eater for my business. And that is that I can't let these things go out into the wild. So um, I have a tendency to watch my clients, even after they're not an active client anymore, to make sure that they're doing the right thing. Um, And we'll kind of poke them if they are deviating from the original game plan. Now, that being said, um, we go through kind of great pains to step-by-step blueprint what they have to do. So, and we consider either their future partners or their internal staff members, or even if, you know, they're um, working with another agency, I've onboarded other agencies before in the sense that I told them how to execute it. Um, So it's something that does require a little bit of babysitting, but we also um, with a great many of our clients offer what we call CMO as on demand. Which becomes like we're that CMO that they can call up that they don't have to keep on staff. So we can make the decisions and make sure everybody's doing their jobs right.
0: Okay. And so the CMO, that's something that is like an ongoing thing throughout the year. Do you have, do you just touch in with the client maybe quarterly or how does that work exactly?
1: So uh, we don't believe in uh, retainer agreements. Uh, we believe retainer agreements benefit the, um, the agency and not the client. That's just from our perspective and we feel it makes agencies a little bit lazy. So generally, um, it's a case-by-case basis. So if you have a big project you're looking to do, you have this strategy and you're implementing it and you want somebody to oversee it, then we would have to gauge how much uh, manpower is needed to oversee that um, in order to quote it for you. But it would just be an hourly quote, Um,
0: nothing more complicated than that. Does market research Mm -hmm. come into play at all with market strategies? Um, market research is probably
1: 15% of my cost each month um, in, uh, in the subscription models and everything else. Uh, we pay um, data a- analysts uh, sometimes, but uh, yes, absolutely. If we did not do market research, we would have an ill-informed marketing strategy. So there's two flavors for that. Um, for us, we look at the industry research, which would be you know where our subscription model comes in, whether it be, Hoover's and d or, you know, Global Data Insights or IBIS World Reports or any, any of those kind of tools. Um, and then we also have the market studies side, which is where we do surveys and polls through Qualtrics on target consumers or target buyers or even your existing customers.
0: Hey there, this is Heather. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And if you are, you wouldn't mind, please hit the subscribe button now. That way you'll never miss an episode. All right, now back to the podcast. So for a market strategy, when you deliver this to the client, is it a big giant written report that then... Uh, how, how does it work? Like what is the deliverable that you bring to them? Sure. So this is where uh, you catch my heart off guard
1: because I love these things so much. Um, I put, uh, <laughs> we, we use this paper that is like extra weighted paper. It's 28 pounds, shiny white paper and everything else. But <laughs> basically um, it is a hundred to 150 page report that is word for word, custom written every single time. We don't use any pre can template or, copyrighted information. Everything is original. And um, it is presented 99% of the time unless COVID happens. It's presented in person. Um, We do not do slide decks or anything. Um, What we do is talk through the entire manual with our clients when we present it. So once you kind of pay us, we do an onboarding and discovery. Um, We go into a hole for, you know, quite a few weeks. And then we do a check in to kind of gauge your reception on some things. And then we go back to our hole for a couple of weeks and then we produce that document. Um, but yes, it is printed and bound every, every time and we present it in person. Oh, I love
0: that. I'm nerdy about that kind of stuff too. <laughs> when you're talking about that, <laughs> I have, I have two binding machines, um,
1: in my office and, um, we have the purple coils that match our logo. So
0: <laughs> we're a little bit nerdy about it for sure. That's cool. Wow and it's just so that i can kind of wrap my head around it so for somebody that wants to do a market strategy and work with you what type of revenue are they generally generating to to even think about this
1: so i'm um, you know i don't we don't work at all like other agencies do. Um, so to get to the heart of your question a little bit more clearly, um, our strategies start around 9,000 and can go up to about 18,000. Um, it all depends on the complexity of the business and the level of need. Um, from the, and the reason I bypassed your question on that is because we work with startups that have zero revenue. Um, so it's, we, we worked with everybody from startups to 110 year old companies. So, in any range in between, so revenue is usually not my biggest indicator. It's just are you are you able to make that kind of investment in your strategy?
0: Are are startups do they tend to be more flexible about their strategies than these older companies? Or I mean, what what are the ones that you kind of feel like you have the most creativity with?
1: So honestly, it. The startup versus, startups are harder to work with um, in general because startups have their their own ideas of what should be done. And a lot of times, and this isn't all the time by any stretch, but a lot of times the helm is, you know, led by a younger person who might be a little bit idealistic um, or hasn't had vetted caution yet. Um, Whereas an older organization has their own political and cultural issues that may buck up resistance who I like working with um, and we have the most success with are organizations that want to change and want to grow. If you want to change and want to grow, we have total creativity and flexibility because we will give you the path to do that. But um, without a desire for those two things, I mean, those are prerequisites
0: for working with a client now. so Wow. And do you see any um, trends that are like, you know, obviously print is like not as big as it used to be, but what are some of the marketing trends that you see coming in the next few years?
1: Sure. So um, I actually wrote a book on this that I published in January called Bad Marketing. Um, <laughs> um, but the point of this was, is that um we are, as a culture, we are now becoming desensitized to advertising and marketing in general. It just doesn't matter. None of it matters as much as it used to. But somewhere along the way, we, we kind of lost our way, right? Um, if you zoom back about 60, 70 years, you're going to see marketing messages that had to be, had to actually say something. They had to mean something. Um, and we lost that with the kind of boom and birth of the internet, which I'm not knocking, I love technology, but it changed the way we marketed. And we started caring about clicks and hits and website traffic and likes more than we cared about the actual substance anymore. It seems, especially in light of COVID, people have begun focusing again on the quality of that message. Um, some great campaigns that have come out recently, um, Domino's campaign was absolutely fabulous. Um, it was amazing, they showed uh, just Zoom videos. Uh, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, just Zoom videos over and over that had powerful statements on them. Uh, another one is BB&T, the ad that they put out. Well, it's truest now with that merger, but um, they put out an ad right after COVID that literally made me cry. Like that's how powerful that ad was. So I really like the back to the genuine message. It's hard to shortcut that, though, and it's impossible to fake it. So it's it's an interesting trend, but I think it's one that's going
0: to continue to bloom. Mm. And, you know, we live in this age of authenticity, too. So it seems like that would ring truer for people, with a truer message in there. Yeah. And let's talk about a little bit about your book. So where is this book available?
1: Uh, it's on Amazon. Um, so you can get it uh, if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can get it for free um, through with the Kindle Unlimited plan. Um, and then you can get the print copy for an expensive $20, and I apologize it's so much. Um, it's actually because it's a full-color book. Um, that's what the minimum that Amazon will charge for it. So,
0: Wow. How long did it take you to write this book? Uh, four months. Oh, okay. I, I,
1: yeah, I write a lot. <laughs> well, these strategies are, like I said, they're 100 to 150 pages, and we do about one of these every month So, or so. So uh, yeah, writing is something I I have carpal
0: tunnel. (laughs) And do you see any uh, types of strategies that you feel are going to sunset or go away pretty soon that are maybe kind of a tired thing that, or maybe just certain things that you're just so sick of seeing?
1: Sure. Um, The one thing that I am just over is this division between sales and marketing. Um, especially for B2B, which again, that's kind of where my heart is, but there's no difference. There really isn't. So the definition, the textbook definition of marketing is one to many versus sales, which is one to one, but both are still the same thing, which is persuading your buyer to choose you. And it, it's the same exact message, just a different scale. So like this historical divide between marketing and sales has always really bugged me because it's ineffective and inefficient. Um, the more that we can kind of bring those together into the unicorn marketer, which um, there was a report published yesterday by the um, American Association of Advertising that um, surveyed a bunch of people on through Accenture about, you know, that kind of unicorn marketer that's supposed to have sales skills and marketing skills. Um, And there's validity there because the more we can bring those persuasive skills together, the more effective our messaging and marketing will be.
0: Ah. Oh wow! And if somebody wanted to get into market market strategies, marketing strategies, what would you recommend? Uh, how how do they go about that? I mean, is there something they should study besides you know going to school and study marketing? How do they get into this type of business? Sure. Uh,
1: I mean, <laughs> the one the the one component, the unteachable, the thing you have to be born with is drive. And if you do not have drive, if you're not the one that always sees the opportunity, um, you know, amongst the sea of doom, you have to always see the opportunity. If you do that, then you have that born with skill. From there, it's um, like I studied Sun Tzu. I I studied uh, Churchill. I studied every great strategist that's ever (laughs) I could find, actually. Um, And, of course, I've been in marketing for so long. And I love agencies, um, because it keeps you fresh it keeps you on your toes so um, combining those three things really I think is what made me adept at it
0: wow thank you Nicole thank you so much this has been really eye-opening I've learned a whole lot from this conversation uh well, thanks so much for being on my show oh no problem thank you very much for having me it was uh, I enjoyed it for sure Hey, this is Heather. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you found value in the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave me a rating on iTunes or just simply tell a friend about it. And if you're interested in learning more about my profit advising and coaching, please set up a discovery call by using the link in the show notes. All right. Thanks so much and see you next time. (laughs)